The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It means you're locked and loaded to the Wrestling Inc. podcast with three of your favorite, most realist personalities on this pod. Coming to you from three different countries, but all with one beautiful, wonderful mindset, and that is to entertain and chat about pro wrestling. First up, up in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, he was a former WWE referee for more than 20 years. He'd been all the way to the big dance WrestleMania. He's driven Andre around. He's been done like this from the ball, Svensic man. He is the one, the only. He swerves when he drives. Jimmy Corderas. Hey, how are you? And uh, yeah, what an intro, man. I got to live up to this. 
this billing. My goodness. <laughs> you already live up to the billing. Your, your resume speaks for itself. Your book speaks for itself. Uh, order the book, uh, three count, if you haven't done so already. Uh, where, where do people why do, where do people buy that, Jimmy? How, how do uh, you, can, you, you can find it. You go online. It's easy. It's called The Three Count, My Life in Stripes as a WWE Referee. And it's it's easy to find. Use that Google machine, that, that crazy little uh, technological advantage. Let's put it that way. I got it through Apple Books for whoever you go. just likes to get up on your devices. There you go. Google the thing. Uh, it's a wonderful book. I read it many, many years ago. Read it like I took it on like vacation, reckoning like record time. So uh, check that book out. Also joining us here in our trio down in beautiful Puerto Rico. She does not have a book, but one day she will. And boy, I can only imagine what's going to be in that book. Uh, she is our resident demon diva, Isa. Good evening, dear. How are you? I'm doing well, Lavar. How are you boys doing? Good. I'm good. I always I'm call good. you my Wednesday night boys. You guys are my boys. I hope you know that. Oh, <laughs> that's that's all. That's all good here. Wednesday night. We uh, uh, back on this Wednesday night last week. Of course, we uh, did uh, Wednesday during the day because of the uh, shakeup of the dynamite schedule. So it feels good to be back where we belong. And that is Wednesday night, night capping it, shutting it down with all of you guys who are up live with us. If you're not live with us, that's okay too. We appreciate you watching us whenever it fits for your schedule, or if you're doing the podcast audio only thing, that works too. Uh, you know, two thirds of the screen here, not always the best to look at, or so we've been told. Anyways, we're going to get into AEW Dynamite in a few moments, but first, big shout out to everybody in the chat room who has been, uh, you know, it's kind of like a watch along party. They sit in the chat uh, while Dynamite's going on, or they're in the chat with Isa's live watch along over on her channel, and then they join us here once we're on the air recording. So appreciate all of you. Again, if you have never, if you haven't done it, please like, subscribe, comment, tell a friend, do all those things. We really would appreciate it. Uh, let's jump into some news uh, before we get into Dynamite. And uh, this uh, this is one of the bigger stories that Wrestling Inc. had in the past day. Uh, of course, Tony Khan's been very loud as of late on Twitter and this and that. And one of the things that he was loud about is uh, how WWE, his his competitors, have made things personal with him. And he, and he goes back to this time last year when his mother was battling illness. And at that same time, <clears throat> he says that he was dealing with uh, contract tampering from WWE, allegedly dealing with contract tampering, I should say. And uh, Sean Ross Sapp doing wonderful things always over at the Fightful Select. Uh, he's reported two of the names that he's confirming that were uh, reached out to by WWE, supposedly. And that were allegedly. part of this. Allegedly, yeah. yes. Thank yes. You. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, one of those names was Swerve Strickland. Uh, that, and this was uh, believed to be allegedly that they'd been reached out to you know, maybe come back over. Is this a situation to come back over? Hit row reunion? Is that possible? So Swerve Strickland being one of them, uh, and the other being William Regal, who of course we now know uh, did in fact uh, negotiate his his uh, departure from AEW and is back with the Stanford-based company, working as we believe to be as an NXT coach. But uh, it's thought that he can't appear, appear on TV for a certain amount of time. Uh, well, that was part of the, the the deal to get him out of his AEW obligations so uh jimmy uh you having uh been a uh been under a contract uh once upon a time for mm -hmm. wwe when i say contract tampering that's nothing new in the pro wrestling business though is it uh, absolutely not i mean this has been going on since pretty much uh i i don't want to say day one but at least 
you know, when you want to sign somebody from a different territory back before we had the big explosion, you somebody always reached out from that promotion to this person or, or a friend or someone, a colleague and said, hey, get so-and-so to get in touch with me because I have an offer for him. I want to bring him in. I want to bring this person in. That's happened way back then. And then when the big split happened and WWE started giving people guaranteed contracts, they're still independent contractors. They don't work technically for the company. The company is hiring their services. So it's kind of a little different. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that they didn't reach out and maybe say, Hey, can we talk and maybe get into something here? But at the same time, it's not the same as being uh, a unionized, employee for a company where, you know, you can't reach out to someone that's in the, the act reunion or whatever the case may be, or whatever Unifor or, or the auto manufacturers or whoever it may be. This is a different kind of business. Companies reach out to other talents and try to do it as discreetly as possible, but eventually it gets out. It, it's, it's happened since day one. Yeah. I mean, Issa, we've, uh, we've heard a lot of stories in hall of famers careers telling you know, like the Undertaker comes to mind because since, since he's been so um, candid in interviews in the last couple of years, coming out of character, he talks about, you know, famously being in WCW as Mean Mark and them saying nobody's ever going to pay to see you wrestle, and so then he, you know, this phone call to that person, what, this this intermediate, and he finds himself uh, getting a call from Vince and 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 the rest is history. So I mean, it, it is like I mean, I guess I can understand if I'm Tony Khan, like, or I can understand if I'm any promoter, you want your contract, you want that piece of paper to be worth something, but at the same time. By, the, by what Jimmy just said of the nature of how these guys are designated and just by the fact that it's an incestuous business, how are you ever going to stop a middleman from just happening to pass on a word saying, hey, I happen to talk to somebody over in that company and uh, you might want to you know, listen to them if they ever approach you. We're going to ignore the fact that Edge's contract was up on Friday and he was there Saturday and filming a video package for the pay-per-view. So he talked to him. That they made that happen in two hours. You had to be Ooh. talking to him before the contract was up, right? That's all I have to say. Edge has been trying to cover for that. He has been saying that it all came together very fast. Uh -huh, sure. Uh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Wait, are you suggesting that somebody named Jay Russo might have tampered and reached out to Adam mm. Copeland? No. <laughs> really? No, my goodness. It, it's, it's the Canadian exchange rate. It happened a lot quicker than it would have been. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's an interesting story. It's especially interesting that, you know, that, you know again, Sean Rossap uh, reporting names, and, and, I, and I, I believe Sean and his reporting, uh, and obviously the William Regal thing proved to be something there. Uh, but, you know, I, again, don't think, well, I don't, I don't, I just don't ever see pro, pro wrestling promoters getting all the way actually in front of a judge in court, you know, yeah. standing in front of this. I think this is a lot of just uh, slinging mud on either side of the fence on social media when you get the chance mm. to so yeah it's not like the first time let's put it that way it probably yes. won't be the last yes yes Correct. two words lex luger yeah. <laughs> uh, and i'm pretty sure sting was the intermediate there uh mm -hmm. back on that one we'll, we'll talk about the stinger here in a little bit uh, all right let's jump in to aew dynamite appreciate a few of the super chats i've seen uh we'll uh bring them up when they uh when that time of the show comes uh, and again the chat room being lively appreciate it appreciate it all right AEW Dynamite, Houston, Texas, or just outside of Houston, Texas. Don't worry, Houston, you and I both know it. <laughs> we get Penta L Zero versus Jay White. Uh, notable little moment in the middle of this match. They decided to do a little chop challenge. Who could who could get the spiciest, loudest stings? Stings not really sting is not really word. We'll go spiciest and loudest chops on each other. Penta even removes his uh, part of his ring gear and exposes bare chest. So thought that was a little interesting, uh, something that we don't see 
in every AEW match, nonetheless. And we get a distraction. Of course, the numbers game with the Bullet Club gold out there, and that's going to lead to Jay White hitting his finish and getting the victory. Uh, Issa, the outcome is pretty predictable, especially when Jay White is on the path to MJF. But what did you make of the match and just how did it what did it do for Jay White? Good, bad or otherwise for you as he is uh, on the road to an MJF title match? I might be jumping ahead, but pretty much everything in this show felt predictable in ring wise. Uh, didn't take away from the action, you know, like the wrestling was great, but a lot of these matches felt very predictable into the show tonight. This feud is not hitting for me. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on because uh, back when Jay White was a free agent, I will tell you, Jay White MJF is probably one of those crazy fantasy matches that we were all booking, you know, when, when the possibility of Jay White coming to AW was on the table. There's just something about it that's just not doing it for me and i think they'll deliver in the ring i think it delivered but tonight seeing jay white in the opening match against penta it just felt like a match that was just there it doesn't feel like this guy is your number one contender for the world championship there was other people that are coming after njf that felt like a bigger deal than the feud that he actually got going on right now well i, I agree with you to that and and i think jimmy i wonder if you agree i think part of it is because Jay White since being AEW, never mind what he did in New Japan or anywhere else. That doesn't mm -hmm. matter. What matters is what's in AEW. And I feel like at his time in AEW, he hasn't been there hasn't been the time given to make him feel like he's a real big world title threat. I think that they probably call this audible because of Adam Cole. I think that Adam yeah. Cole helped Adam Cole being there to be by the side of MJ, or by MJF when MJF beat Samoa Joe. There was probably a different plan of where we're going into November with MJF and Audible's been called. And so we've had to force Jay White. A little bit further up the card than maybe were any of us are ready for. That I absolutely agree with that, and and yes, I probably did have something to do with it, the injury to to Adam Cole. But at the same time, you have to build up someone to be there. You can't just inject them just like that, saying, "Hey, this guy's a big deal." You have to give us a reason why he's a big deal. Show us, make us get invested in him before, you know. Even though he's a heel, I'm assuming he's the heel because you know it almost felt like. Uh, we'll talk about it, but MJF sort of getting back to his old self at the same time, because when he was with Adam Cole, it felt like he was more, you know, baby face-ish, for lack of a better term. But yeah, as getting back to Jay White, he, he just, uh, he, he, he was just thrust upon us. That's what it felt like. It doesn't help that they've had half or maybe more than half of his time in AEW being in a show that is not watched by the majority of your audience that watches on Wednesday. They did a terrible job today at following up with stories that went on on Rampage, Collision, or even your show last week. The, the ratings show you lost about half of your audience because you were on a Tuesday. There was a lot of things that came out of nowhere that if you weren't paying attention or watched the other shows, you had no idea what was going on. And we'll get into that as we get into the show. But Jay White has been mostly featuring Collision. He was having banger matches over there, but you the, that, the audience is not watching that right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like Jay White, he is just there to fill time until they... They obviously might have more plans for MJF, as we'll talk about later on, as we saw some other people again coming into the fold. So it does feel like we're just kind of stalling some time. Um, uh, good, sorry, sorry, no, uh, not to interrupt. But just, just one quick thing I wanted to point out. At the beginning of this match, we had a jump start. And there's, there's a reason why I mentioned that. I'll, it, it, it'll come up again. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, Sega Genesis, who's a super chat heavy tonight, $10. Uh, if your name isn't Gunther, you should be banned from Chops. I swear, we got the same face-off chop fest spot in four matches tonight, buried in a graveyard right next to the super kick. 
I questioned that, and I even said it to the people that were with me on my watch along. I was like, oh, my God, Gunther is shook right now. Like, if when you have Gunther hitting the kind of chops that he hits on Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. it, it's just, I just wouldn't even try it. I wouldn't try it if I am not at the caliber, size, and level that Gunther is. But, and to do it in several matches, too. Well, and I was glad that Penta at least had the, uh, at least took his upper body gear off because a chop's never going to sound as good if you're not hitting somebody's bare skin. If you're hitting fabric, it's mm-hmm. not. There's just I don't care. I don't. I don't care how hard you're hitting them. It's just not going to. Those chops are even worse if you got a little bit of a hairy chest. Let me put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me ask this uh, because it was mentioned. So after the fact, Jay White and crew cuts a promo in the ring, and they. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what they call them. I should have wrote it down. But they make reference to, I think I think it's just Goon Squad is what they say. And they're making reference to when Jay White was attacked weeks ago when it was first made apparent that he was coming for MJF. And if you remember, it was the mass, it was the double mass man. Never followed up with that. Yeah. We have not seen, any, like, like it's okay if they haven't attacked anybody, but shouldn't we at least have, like, you know, a security camera seeing them lurking around a building? Shouldn't we be seeing something rather than just, like, I feel like that was, like, the huge angle that was a cliffhanging that I think we all praise. Hey, we ended dynamite on this huge cliffhanger, mm-hmm. and like, we haven't even seen them since. I mean, there's been a little mention. We haven't even seen them. Yeah. How? How? Well, exactly because out of sight, out of mind, and you're giving everybody so much more. You know, until you mentioned it there, I said I was like, even myself, we're going, oh yeah, that's right. Whatever happened to those guys? Yeah, same. And I and I and look, I understand that we might get to what is it, full gear, and the week prior, we might see them resurface and they attack somebody or whatever. And, and and everybody's light bulbs will go off just like Jimmy's just did. Which, okay, but I would think, wouldn't you want to like keep the audience kind of guessing and keeping it front of mind? But again, even if you're just showing little black and white footage of like them lurking around or just, oh, who is it? And that and then, oh, maybe I'm going to tune in next week because maybe next week we'll get a clue of who it is. They're not uh, even, even using they're not even using that using that as a as a as an attraction. Even a little thing, you don't have to actually use them, use them where you do a backstage segment or a backstage promo or something's going on and they kind of show up in the background and you go, Oh, wait, what are the, those guys are lurking around back there? I wonder what's going on. You know, it, it makes people think that's all. Clay Ford with a chat saying, Wait, so mass guys have been off TV, so have Cole in the kingdom. Coincidence? Hmm. All right. Well, that Clay Ford, if that gets to be revealed, then it makes sense because obviously they're they're hammering home with dynamites at the that the kingdom and all them aren't there. They're at Roddy's house. Mm-hmm. So all right, we'll we'll table that as an option for a creative. That's a great. That's a great point. Actually, didn't even think about that. Uh, and if, look, if that's it, that'll make some sense. That that would then fill in the blanks of why they haven't been used in these mm-hmm. past few weeks. So all right, want to bring that up? Got. So got they just a, need got... to smell the mask and see if they smell like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, now if yeah, and but if it's not that, then as Beer Money says exactly, Justin, I've been saying it for weeks that one story had been uh, had to be intrigued, uh, and Tony can't build stories. Well, so we'll see. Hopefully, he knows. Uh, hopefully, he knows who the reveal is going to be. If there is ever a reveal, he doesn't. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right, so we go backstage, and MJF is now backstage with Renee. <clears throat> he says he's not going to be dumb like every babyface in wrestling history. He's not going to run out there in a four-on-one situation. Uh, he says that he's smarter than that. That's why he's nobody's on the level of the devil. Um, he also then is approached by uh, the acclaimed again Max Caster, uh, pushing hard to uh, provide their services to, to be able to have a four-on-four matchup uh, against the Bullet Club Gold, and, and and he wants nothing to do with uh, 
with Max's tomfoolery, and neither does uh, Bowens or Billy Gunn. They're still not sure why Max is so obsessed mm-hmm. to uh, help the other Max. And Caster says because he's my scumbag. So, little little bromance there from longtime friends, uh, mm-hmm. as it would be. So we'll get more MJF in a bit. So we'll we'll, we'll table the MJF talk until we we circle back. Mm-hmm. All right, we get a women's match at this time. Yeah. Issa, this did, did this shake Choke. you? I was yeah. shook. I was choked. You know it. I almost tweet at you guys and be like, "What is happening?" Yeah, <laughs> I like I like jumped up from my chaise lounge and like grabbed the grabbed the clock and I was like, "Did I just fall asleep for?" And they got what? time. They they gave this time this this match time as well. It was just a, a match that made no sense. But now I'm nitpicking. <laughs> well, uh, sorry, hang on. So so it's a women's match. It's a Hikaru Shida who uh, is once again now the first ever three time AEW Women's Champion. Uh, you know, we kind of debated about that already in the past. Why, why did they take the title off Soraya so quickly? But that's a past discussion in a past podcast. Go check it out. So we got Sheeta versus Emi Sakura. And I like that they gave a 30-second video before this, and they just briefly but succinctly outlined and reminded, outlined and, and educated me, but reminded some fans that Emi is Sheeta's tr- trainer and, and former protege. So there's a longtime mm-hmm. student-teacher kind of history here. I might have known that. I might have heard that somewhere about the past, but it wasn't, again, front of mind. So it was a nice reminder. It immediately gave me context, immediately gave me a little bit extra reason to kind of pay attention. Uh, so, I, again, good on that. Do more of that whenever you can. It goes a long way. Uh, they have a match here, and they got some time. Mm-hmm. Jimmy is the ref. I got to ask you that. But my one nitpick, though, while the match was what it was, my one nitpick I had in the match was I felt like um, both ladies like had a hard time kicking out in the near falls there were so many covers that i i could tell okay this is not the finish right but like the referee clearly stopped so they didn't or so i think it was albury so she didn't hit three Mm -hmm. but like they barely got their shoulders off the mat i was like what is going on here why are we why why are we struggling to to kick out here maybe it's a nitpick thing maybe nobody else saw it i don't know but overall thoughts on this match the video package and the general context. Sheeta, uh, of course, retains the title. I, I, like you said, I, from the video package to the match, I thought the ladies worked hard. I thought they told a hell of a story. They both sold very well. Hey, what a shocker. In AEW, somebody's actually settling. But uh, as far as what you said about the false finishes and that sort of stuff, uh, I did notice that they were a little bit sketchy at times. And the thing that referees, have, and I had to learn too, is you're going to have some really close calls and you can't, have a tell or a giveaway that you are actually stopping your count ahead of time because you know the, what the finish is supposed to be. It's supposed to look natural. There have been times I learned afterwards where their false finishes have come so close that I've actually hit the mat for three, but waved it off. Said, no, no, no. I just couldn't stop my momentum. They got their shoulder up. That was a two There's something like that. It, but uh, one of the problems I'm seeing across the board with a lot of referees now, not just in AEW is, is they having tells. When it comes to false finishes, and and unfortunately, there were a lot of them in this match, and and it took me being a former striped shirt uh, myself, it took a, a little bit away from me. And I'm not going to uh, have Jimmy <clears throat> reveal what any of those are to not uh, because that, that'll damage all of you as viewers. But but Jimmy, just to clarify, so because I know what you mean, and I think Issa knows, but but to clarify for somebody who's listening right now, when you say a tell, you're meaning as the ref goes to apply the count they do or don't do something that is in, that is that is indicative that okay this is this either is the finish or this is absolutely not the finish it, it's it's something they do diff- it could be very minute and very slight but it's uh, for me it's a tell that's that tells me this is not going to be the finish because they don't count it the way they count the finish yeah 
Uh, Issa, uh, again, uh, this this women's match here. Give me give me uh, the thoughts here on this early women's match of the night. Yeah, look, I I love that they got uh, they got on TV early. I love that they gave the match some time, um, and they worked. The women worked. I wasn't a big fan of that stupid spot that they did rolling around. I I just don't like it. We were just talking about the shopping spot. I'm gonna be fair here and also tell you that I don't like when they do that. Um, I just want. It feels like it's been a long time since we've seen the AW Women's World Championship be in a significant feud, long-term feud. Like, it just hasn't happened in so long. Thought it was going to happen with Soraya and the Outcast, but they took the belt off of her immediately. And the last uh, Shida title ring, it was a transition. She had it for, what, like two weeks? So I just think that Shida should be put in a storyline. I love the video package, but we've seen these girls wrestle so many times that you're giving us a video package to remind us of something that we kind of knew because we have seen them go at it so much. But I was very happy with seeing the women be featured so early on and being given time, and they worked. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Shida. Shida has really grown on me throughout her time in AEW, and I just want to see her be like have something to really sink her teeth into as world champion. I, the, you use the word grown. I will say that was kind of my sentiment, too, that I had written down. She has grown on me. I don't know if it's for the right reasons, but I can tell you she's grown on me just because she just keeps coming back up <laughs> again. She's the first three times. So it's like, I was like, all right, I can't ignore her. Um, and, and, and they did sell in this match. Uh, to, as one of That's you said, the only so. way that she can grow in you. Because like I say, they never put her in like that significant feel that you go, Oh my God, remember she and this person's feel, you know what I mean? So the, the only way that she can grow in you is like by keep winning these titles this way or this or that, because they don't, there's not a story that I can go back and say, that's what made her. It's just yeah. been like a slow growth. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree. The women's uh, division does need some something, some oomph. And, and again, not to, you know, we, we went into it extensively last week. So again, go go to the archive, folks, if you missed it. But I mean, I, I'll just, again, just I'll say it because it's still relevant <laughs> seven days later that like WWE is having some of its best weeks right now with the women with press and everything. Right. Like, I just don't know. Like, I would think that that would challenge you, AEW, to like, and so then taking the title off of Soraya, who's easily your most recognizable face. Right. And I don't mean good guy. I mean face mm. on the anatomy <laughs> uh, <laughs> on your in, in your women's locker room to to the public, uh, to the American mm. public, at least and the European public. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see where she goes, but she gets a win uh, via her via her Katana finisher. So mm. stay tuned and see who is next in that line. Right. All right, Adam Copeland sitting down with Renee for the Rated R rebuttal. Nice little bit of marketing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he tells a story of how he's basically he's confused. If things in AEW so far has not gone the way he thought. He he thought, you know, he basically talked about how he wanted to come to AEW to finish his career with, with, with Christian. And Christian kind of basically kind of alludes to that Christian knew about this off camera, off whatever, and that uh, he seemed fine with it until it actually became real. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and then all of a sudden he's not. And, and then Copeland goes through their entire life story from sixth grade to WWE to everything uh, based about how Christian's always been the second guy, the right-hand man, the second fiddle. And then now Christian's here in AW first and here comes Copeland and, 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 and Adam, you know, reiterates that eventually it's all going to come crashing down. Eventually Nick Wayne, Luchasaurus are all going to abandon Christian kind of more of what we've heard uh, before, but it's putting a little bit more color and realness to it. Um, you know, so I mean, I mean, Jimmy. Obviously, inevitably, the day comes that we have Christian versus Adam Copeland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I my question to you, if you want to play Booker here, how long do they try to draw out until we get the one on one match? Because there's a lot of 
there's a lot of participants around them. You mm-hmm. have Nick Wayne, you have Luchasaurus, you have Darby Allen, you have Sting. There's a lot of people around to where they could really draw this out. How long is how long is too long? How short is too short? See, that's the that's the hard part is trying to j- judge how long is too long and how short is too short. You want to you want to give people what they want eventually, but you don't want to give it to them too quickly. But at the same time, you don't want them to wait so long that they get less invested and don't want to see it as bad as they really want to see it at the beginning. It's all in how you present it going forward. I'd like the story tonight. I like, you know, uh, Edge or the former Edge, uh, Adam Copeland, telling the real life story of how him and him and Jay, uh, Uncle Jay, <laughs> as his kids call him, um, it, Real story, and talk, especially mentioning that they're each other's god, godfather to each other's children, stuff like that. See, that makes me feel more invested in their story, you know. If I'm watching as a fan, that being said, you can give it a couple of months, but again, like you said, you don't want to go too far. You can give it some time. You, you like you said, Nick Wayne is there, Luchasaurus is there, we have others involved, so you can kind of interplay them on the way to the main story to where you want to get to eventually that Jay versus um, uh, Adam Copeland or Jay versus Adam (laughs) match. But at the same time, I almost feel like this is leading to whenever it's time for, you know, Adam to say, this is it them to team for one last time, eventually down the road. I'm thinking further, further down the road, but uh Again, to your story, after rambling on like that, it's a fine line between going too far, waiting too long, and not and doing it too soon. It's 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 a tough call. You have to listen to your audience. So, Issa, we have the pay per view full gear uh, November eighteenth, so a month away, and then I think after that, it's probably not going to be until Revolution, which is in March, which as we'll talk about in a few minutes. We know with Sting is going to be a big deal. So you have you have November, you have March. Um, you know, some time in between. Do you aim for a pay-per-view where you're making somebody buy pay, pay 50 bucks to see it? Or do you build real heavily and make this a well-out advertised main event for a dynamite? No, um, I put it on pay-per-view. pay-per-view? I yeah. definitely put it on pay-per-view. Uh, I think that would be the best way to go. I mean, Christian is really making waves with what he's doing even before uh, Adam Copeland got here. I didn't like the segment. I'm sorry. I just felt it felt like therapy. Like he was going to therapy, and I just didn't care what he was saying. This man stole your wife to get the fresh sheets last week, and you're just like, Yeah, we met in the sixth grade. Like, come on, bro. Like, and I get it, he's the baby face, and you guys know I like more savagery in my wrestling, but um, it, it just I don't know, it just felt like he went on a little too long talking about things that don't matter anymore. Um, you know what I mean? Like, we're in a different stage, and I don't know that Christian feels um inconsistent the way that Adam described him tonight because Christian has always said that he's keeping that title and he's going to do whatever it takes to keep that title. So if he feels like mm-hmm. Edge is coming to try to take that from him, he's going to he's gonna turn his turn on everybody to keep this TNT championship. That's his baby right now. So uh, to me, it just felt a little therapy and it felt, I don't want to say forced, but it's, it felt like, oh, we got to get Edge on TV somewhere. Let's just pre-tape mm-hmm. this interview real quick. To me, it didn't it really didn't do anything to move the needle in the field for me, you know, Edge and Christian wise. But the match itself, I would definitely put in a pay per view because that's a match that I would pay to see. I wouldn't waste it on a dynamite. Okay, fair enough. Uh, some super chats here. Sega Genesis uh, again making it rain tonight. Adam Copeland isn't hitting for me right now because Christian has been making really good points. He's hot right now. He doesn't need Copeland. Copeland needs him. Copeland followed him 
to AEW. Mm. So uh, interesting mm. take there yeah. from Sega. Uh, also, uh, one of the one kind of relevant to what we're talking about right now from Sega saying, let's be real. Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus cannot survive as heels if they turn mm. on Christian. Well, I think Luchasaurus could just by the look. I mean, Nick Wayne, I right. think it would take some it would, it would take some more. Uh, and <laughs> Sega just keeping it rolling. He's our fourth yep. man tonight. We finally get heel Christian, and he's one of the best heels in wrestling. And now Adam Copeland comes along, and we have to see a story where they eventually team together as baby faces. Boo! I really like the point that Sega made about Edge following Christian and and Mm -hmm. needing Christian right now because if you really look at the situation, you're cooling off in the other company, come over here, your best friend is the the hardest thing going on Mm -hmm. right now. It does look that way, and I wish they would bring that into like what they're talking about in conversations instead of just telling stories from 40 years ago. I don't care, bro. It was 40 Mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah. Uh, Killer of Demons, I'm going to disagree with you. He says uh, Edge is regretting going to AEW a bit. He's having fun. The one thing that comes no. off clear yeah. is that this man is having a blast and that's why he came there to me. first of all it's been like it's been like it's been like three weeks uh yeah. secondly I- i'm sure he's getting paid handsomely not that he needs the money but you know when you have a family and kids you can always mm-hmm. use a little bit more and he doesn't have to go do conventions or do anything else he gets to you know yeah. go be part of a wrestling show and again with his buddies so and his and his schedule probably isn't as uh uh, that interview tonight was probably taped last week or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, he probably exactly. didn't have to go to TV's night. So, did you see him at the press conference talk about how he was filming that video in the fast car? Like, this man is just having fun. Yeah. And at the point of the career that he is, that's what he should be doing. And he's working with his best friend. I guarantee you, they're probably throwing jabs at each other and sharing what they're going to say to each other and probably having mm. a laugh over it. Oh, I, yeah. I, I just want. Look, I, I'm going to sound like the girl from Mean Girls right now, but I just want everybody to be happy. Whether whether they end up, whatever they do, just be happy and have fun. And I do think that that's what he's doing. I still didn't like you the can, promo. You can see it. You can feel it. You can sense it. Even through your television screen, he's enjoying himself right now. And, uh, you know, that interview he did with Renee, w- w- would that be something you would see on WWE television? You might see some of, hear some of what he said, but to go to that extent and that deep, uh, some uh, other super chaps. I see you, um, Sega Darius. I'll get to you when it comes time. Uh, but I appreciate them. We'll, we'll, we got more to talk about with the uh, Christian of it all. Mm-hmm. But up next, it's Wardlow time. He's back out there. Hollywood hunk Ryan Nemeth is the next victim. This one's even quicker than the last. One power bomb TKO. Don't love That's that. Hit him with more power bombs. <laughs> Thank you. Hit him with more Thank power you. bombs. Thank you very much. Yes. I, I, I like the idea of the power bombs doing the damage, but that, there's an S at the end. Yeah. Power bombs, multiple, more than one. Doing it after one. Now, anybody who, who who takes one power bomb and doesn't pass out, it you know. Yeah. Hit more than one, uh, but he hits one. Ref stops it. Wardlow looks like he's getting ready to leave. Now, mind you, I'm going to point this out. Uh, Wardlow, he comes out. He looks like he's going to leave. Tony Schiavone comes to the ring. Warder, why are you back? Why you look like you know, why what are you back for? Uh and, and, and points out something that 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 Issa told you about that wrist that said last week. He's got you. he's got MJF written on the tape on the wrist. So he p- puts that up. Tony I know Tony had to say it because like not everybody in the crowd is gonna see this. T- TV's gonna see it clear, not everybody in the crowd. But but Tony, oh my god, that says MJF. He just sounded really ridiculous, right. but Tony's doing his job. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then Warlock gets a little shoulder tackle bump to Tony on his way out, and then, folks, Warlock exits. He leaves through the heel tunnel. If you didn't mm. catch that, the heel side because the heel side oh. is to go that way. Yeah. He came out the babyface side. 
So he said he wants MJF. Tony reminded us that that's what the, it says. Crowd booed because MJF's pretty hot babyface right now mm-hmm. to them. So looks like we're getting heel Wardlow. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and he wants him some of MJF. He's not the only one. MJF backstage interrupts Kenny Omega being interviewed. Goes to give a nice hearty handshake to Kenny Omega. Respects the hell out of Kenny Omega. And then as he does that, mm-hmm. leans in close and says, 13 days, bitch. Mm-hmm. And they would uh, let us know and clarify later on commentary that it's 13 days from, from Wednesday night that MJF will eclipse, will surpass Kenny Omega's AEW world title okay. run. Yeah. So now we got Kenny Omega, who's just been poked and prodded with MJF. We got Wardlow, who's back, who has a long story with MJF. Samoa Joe's probably still out there smoking a cigar, sipping brandy, wanting his <laughs> his shot. So this is interesting because again, we had talked earlier about MJF a minute ago about with with Jay White and 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 and, and it feels kind of like a, a just a a gap in time. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us are going to be making any bets with Wrestle Rumble of Jay White beating MJF at Full Gear, but. Kenny Omega or Wardlow. Those are two guys that seem very likely, reasonably thought of, and stories of, okay, they could be the ones to dethrone and take a title off of MJF. And again, how interesting as we are approaching 2024, which has been the magic year that MJF keeps talking about. We don't know if he's been re-signed. We don't know. but Issa, you would think. You would think. But case in point. Yeah. Jay Carr goes off TV for months. Tony brings her back on because he's a nice guy and he wants to give her a proper send-off. Super nice guy, but such an un- unorthodox thing for a wrestling promoter to do. He brings mm-hmm. her back on TV. Could have left her out of sight, out of mind. Right. He brings her back on TV, gives her TV time to have a match. She loses the match, does the job as she should, mm-hmm. but, but then three days later, <laughs> the news breaks that she's going to WWE and she's been all over the place. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, tells me Tony, as a nice guy, might be like wholeheartedly like well shucks mjf we're gonna let you have a good good finish and good run here even though he might be out of here and shows up at royal, royal Rumble. as as we've seen in the past it, you know being a nice guy there's nothing wrong with being a nice guy but as a businessman in the wrestling business sometimes you just gotta turn that switch off and say you know what i gotta be cold-hearted at times and and one of the reasons why a certain man by the name of vince mcmahon uh, was so successful is, you know, those who were friends with him can tell you what a good guy he was, but as a businessman, he was ruthless and had to turn that friend switch off. Yeah. I, it, it, I, go ahead. I, no, I have, I have thoughts here. I love seeing Warlow squashing people. I did think they should have just let him destroy a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have, I would have enjoyed seeing that there was so many talking segments. We have a pointless overrun and we can give us, you know, a little bit extra of, of Warlow. Uh, I will say he needs to grow the hair back. He looks like a love is blind contestant with that hair. Like he will be talking to you from the other side of the wall saying, please love me for the way that I am and not the way that I look like that's the vibes that I'm getting from Warlow. So the hair needs to come back. MJF and Kenny Omega face off should have felt like a bigger deal, but, it, but Omega has lost so many matches and has lost so much momentum that it was it's cool to see it. But that two years ago would have exploded everybody. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just, it just didn't feel as big of a deal as you wanted to feel. Uh, I don't think the hair is coming back right now. I think I think the hair, <laughs> hair you got, the hair you got. Um, 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, Kenny Omega's stock is definitely down compared to where it once was, but it can be built back up. Um, mm-hmm. Same with that. Same with Wardlow, to be fair. I mean, and, I, and this is all AEW's doing. They, they, we've talked about it. they had lightning in a bottle, and they just smashed the bottle for whatever reason. Right. Uh, so they have to rebuild it, but, and they're clearly trying to rebuild it back up. But um, mm-hmm. again, timetable. So we know it's at least not till after November eighteenth. November eighteenth is, is, is occupied with Jay White. So then it's after that. So again. Not a pay per view again until probably March. Uh, right. They do like they like to do dynamite specials and this and that. So yeah, I mean, winter is coming. It's always a big deal. And that's usually December, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I mean, if if MJF's contract truly was up January one, and if they didn't have a new deal, then yeah, I guess you would kind of timeline because again, he's not losing to Jay White on <laughs> November eighteenth. <laughs> so I guess you then are timelining maybe maybe a December. I mean, God, not. What a dynamite number that might be if you drop the drop the title in a dynamite. That'd be something. All right. We'll see. Uh, not the last of MJF, uh, but we're just keeping this thing linear here. Uh, we go to kind of somewhat related MJF and crew. Adam Cole still at Roderick Strong's house. Uh, and uh, he's going to make some sandwiches for Rod. He makes those famous sandwiches that they make in Ring of Honor. Uh, makes a sandwich. Uh, my son was actually in the room. Funny enough, this is going on. He's looking at the TV and he kept saying how gross this all looks. It was just funny because uh, yeah. <laughs> life through a five-year-old uh, mm-hmm. doesn't see something he's going to eat. Uh, and then Roddy goes to eat the sandwich. And Adam, you know I don't like the crust. Adam's fed up with it. He's leaving. He does leave. He's got to go get surgery. Uh, and so he's he's gone. And now Roddy says that uh, to his boys, we might actually have to play nice to MJF. So, mm-hmm. Issa, what would you make of this? I, I'm over these segments. Well, <laughs> that should not. be the last one, right? That should be the last one. I hope so. I I mean, it's okay. I know some people are really enjoying them. It's just not for me. That's all. Jimmy? No, I think no. I think it shows a different side to Roddy Strong because, you know, we see him as the serious role. He, you know, tough pro wrestler. Now we're seeing a little bit of character in him and seeing him evolve in that direction. So, and now... Again, we talk about so many times about planting seeds. Now it's time to water this one because he says, you know, he mentioned uh, hmm, maybe playing nice with MJF kind of alluded to that. Now you got to let this thing pl- play out and see where it goes. And can this character development mesh with the one that's huge like MJF? I, I do think that to Jimmy's point, they... Um they do throw little hints at things in, in between all of this ridiculousness, which makes you pay attention to what they're saying and doing, because obviously there's, there's some things being teased in there, but 
Yeah, no, I'm not like strong. I did like I thought the song they were singing before the peanut butter. I'm I I'm never eaten a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my life. I think they look disgusting. Why what? No, what? Never in my life, and I don't plan on it. So you've maybe that's ate, why I no, You've no. never ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No. I don't we think don't I know them. anyone else that's never eaten one. It's gross. What's gross? What what do you not like? The peanut butter or the jelly? Both. Have you ever had either of those independently? No, they yeah. smell bad. Oh, so you've never goodness. had a gob of peanut butter on toast? You've never had a thing of jelly? No. No, I think the oh, only I... thing that I eat in peanut butter on would be like a Reese's cup thingy. Reese's peanut butter cup? Yeah, don't they have peanut butter inside? Yeah, that's yeah. probably the only time that I tried it. Oh, my goodness. What? Wow. I, I, I'm, if I'm... I, I just sit here and tell you like a million things, I probably can give you a list of things that I tried over things that I haven't tried. I am the pickiest eater in the world. But no, P- I'm, I'm the Dominic Mysterio that orders chicken tenders at every restaurant we go to. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I can understand it not being part of your daily. I mean, I don't think I've ever had like a PB and J since like I was in like the eighth grade. But I just can't believe in your life that you just never. That's crazy. No, they look disgusting. All right, hmm. I'm a visual eating. That thing looks gross. Just even making it. Why would you mix hmm. those two things? Even the texture of ew. No. Would you prefer spaghetti and meatball? Is that more comfortable to you? What? La- oh, la- if la- it was, if it was like hmm. the one that Tony D was eating last night on NXT, that plate looked good. Oh well. Wow. Lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, yeah. an old, it's, an old, it's, it's an old movie. Reference. I know, I know. Uh, Issa is not next strong according to burner account, but then uh, Killer Demon's got your back saying Issa's leg strong. Huh. I am all right, okay. All right, <laughs> um, man, people are blowing up on the peanut butter and jelly right now. <laughs> Outside wow. peanut butter, inside jelly. Maybe I need to figure mm. out what the next milestone is for my YouTube channel when we hit it. I'll try it. <laughs> You know, you know what, you know what drives me crazy though. It's because my wife makes amazing jam, jelly slash jam, and different kinds. Whether it's made of apple, um, what other stuff do you make it from? Blueberry. Blueberry. Oh my goodness, some great stuff and rhubarb. Rhubarb, believe it or not. I don't, even like, I don't yeah. like that. Man, Alder, be- Alder better stop. I'm getting ready to put this podcast on hold to go get some snacks. I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, like, it's, it's incredible. They go good together, trust me. Okay. Real quick, last thing. Isa, take some apple slices, dip them in the peanut butter. That's good. No. Oh. I don't like, I can't. My fruits cannot mix with anything. Chocolate dipped strawberries, oh, no, I don't God. mess with that. They need to be alone and on their own. Oh, no, God. no way. No oh, way. God. All right. All right. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. I can't. can't. We'll never we'll never get this thing done. We'll be I'll go to my kitchen right now. I'll bring stuff down. We'll be we'll be all night. All right. Never mind. Moving on. Uh real quick, last thought. Actually, the last thought I had before Issa blew my mind with the PB and J um uh, fun fact. So, you know, uh, we got acclaimed, the the three of them, including Daddy Ass, they're they're trying to petition, or at least one of them is trying to petition to be what rounds out a foursome mm-hmm. to take on Bullet Club Gold. What if Roddy and Bennett and Taven, what if they offer up their services to be MJF's partners Ooh. to take on? Oh. I like this. Yeah. Well, All right. Just, just again, just grab, grab, grab my pencil. I have a pencil here for you if you need one. I... My pen. Put it in ink. There you go. Pretty there good. you go. Put it in ink. Yeah. Put Love it in ink. All right. Tony Schiavone brings out Don Callis. Powerhouse Hobbs and Takeshita. Uh, and they basically talk about, you know, and Hobbs tells this story about how Jericho did him wrong when he mm-hmm. was a when he's a young kid wanting to go meet Jericho and this and that. Uh it's actually a very babyface kind of promo. 
but it's it's fun. Um, and then Don starts shooting on Kyle Fletcher, who was a scab, who was there to replace Sammy Guevara and didn't do the deal. Fletcher comes out, takes uh, doesn't take kindly to the words, and then Kyle's is like, "All right, I like the confidence. I like the I like the fire. You beat Omega tonight. Maybe we have something to talk about." Real quick, some super chats that have been sitting and waiting for this portion of things. Uh, Terry Allen Jr. Powerhouse Hobbs is organically real. He does look the part. He Agreed. looks he looks like a badass. Yes, he does. Absolutely does. Looks like a badass and, and, and sounds like it. Um, is that the only one we have for that particular? I think so. All right. So then we get the match of Kyle Fletcher versus Kenny Omega. Uh, Kyle's on commentary. Hilarious. So one minute he's praising Kyle Fletcher like he's the next uh, Hall of Famer. And then he, Fletcher loses to the one winged angel. One winged angel. And Kyle's is telling that Fletcher just needs to go get a nine to five job and that he sucks. So kind of oh. kind of funny there. Uh, but Omega gets the win as needed here. Jimmy, uh, thoughts on the story and thoughts on the match. No, I thought the, the, the story is uh, progressing, and we're going to see where it goes from here. But as far as the match goes, I thought the match was very good. They told a hell of a story. Both guys sold. Again, here we go again. Both guys sold and and helped add to this match. It, it, it's, it's, I hate to say it sounds simple, but it is. If you get people to to sympathize with you after seeing some of those moves, that, that uh, what was it that spear thing that Kenny took in the in the corner it looked like it yeah. caved in the side. Some he of those ate things. that. Oh my goodness! It, it was a hard hitting match, and he sold it. Mm-hmm. He sold it like it did cave in his cheekbone or whatever the case may be. So I I, I like the match. I I think it made sense. And we always talk about getting over without going over. Although Kyle Fletcher did not win this match, it elevated his stock. Let's put it that way. Issa, two questions for you. Did Kyle Fletcher's stock get elevated? And then I have a second one as a proposal for you. First off, Kyle Fletcher's stock. Uh, wait, Kyle Fletcher. Yeah, I thought he looked great here. I um, I, that was a fun competitive wrestling match, and I and I I just appreciate it. Always, every week, I enjoy the heat that Don Callis get. By the way, as much as I can stand him, which means he's doing his job very well, the heat that he gets is insane. And I'm always here for seeing Kenny Omega compete in singles competition and get the win. And regardless of whether his momentum is up and down, I still love the fact that when, when that one wing angel gets hit, the match is over. You know it. That's still so protected that you're like, okay, he won. So yeah, I think, but I do think that. Uh, Kyle, like keeping up with Kenny Omega, did make him look better. Yes. Hey, if you're gonna be an EVP, at least thing you can do is get your finisher protected. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. um, real quick to that, you know, um, Callis does get great heat. We've seen him take some bumps. I'm surprised. I don't know what is. I don't know what. I mean, looks like he's in pretty good shape for whatever age he is. I mean, I, I I'm kind of surprised they haven't gone the whole route, uh, the old classic manager route of you know the baby face wins and they get five minutes with Callis or something like that. Right. Or, 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 you know, like, I, I, cause like there's so much, like Callis has got heat with Jericho. He's got heat with uh, Omega. He's got like, I mean, like it seems like there's just like a, a prime opportunity for people to pay to see Don Callis to get his ass kicked. Yeah. And do, perfect place to have this is if they go back to Winnipeg. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So I got a proposal for you. Oh God. This is straight from the minds of our audience, but I like it. I do like it. Okay. Let's see. Beer Money says, if Roman loses the title to Cody, Issa has to eat her first peanut butter and jelly on the podcast. I'm but, happy to say I'll never be eating peanut butter and jelly, so that's great. Mm-hmm. I accept. Oh, is that, an, is that an official yeah. yes? Yeah, it is a yes. Oh, all right. Okay. Hang on. He's going to put it on paper, too. <laughs> not, 
<laughs> it is 11.03 Eastern time. October 18th, October 18th. 2023. I got to put the year because it might be it might be a few more years till Roman loses. It's never going to happen. Yeah. It's never so I got to put the year 2023. Hmm. It's never All gonna right. happen. Beer money. Right. I appreciate you. You're cute. You're cute for that one. You could have. You could have. You know, could have got me yeah. to eat that peanut butter and jelly <laughs> if you would have reversed it when there Cody beat when Roman beats Cody again. You know, but Isa, you just made the list. It's on. <laughs> it's on. I have it written down. Yeah, I know you're not gonna let it go. I, I oh, would, no. but it's okay. It's not gonna happen. So it's I like, don't even care. I don't even care if I'm not scheduled to be on that podcast that night. I will get myself <laughs> on that podcast that night. <laughs> you have the oven rise. You can jump in anytime you want. <laughs> I might I, I might f- fly to Puerto Rico. I might make that damn sanatorium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll put that I'll spread that shit on the on the on the on the bread for you. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well we well, if we didn't do anything else tonight, we accomplished Man. a really good bet has been made. Yes. <laughs> if you need a witness yeah jimmy just notarized it yes all right uh lance archer has a match and he starts beating up this dude i just wrote down a uh, young buck cosplay dude i literally they they literally I said jungle boy you said young buck that's good. well it was because of the ring gear the, the, yeah. the camp the, the jib camera comes swooping down and and i see the video i see the music and i'm like oh, that's pretty sure that's lance archer he has like a little countdown and then uh, I see just like a dude come tumbling out, and because of the hair and because of the, the body build and the and the pants, I'm like, is Lance Archer kicking the shit out of one of the young bucks? Somebody <laughs> on my chat said, "Is that Nick Jackson?" You're right. right. Like he came off as a young buck lookalike. Yeah. So they got in the ring, and Lance Archer just beat the hell out of him. So uh, Lance Archer, another one, big guy, got the hell of a look. I forgot he was still going. They, I he was still here. Yeah, they start and stop with him. I don't know. Like I, I think back, I think back to. Um, I don't know if this is during the pandemic or pre-pandemic, uh, mm. but uh, when they were doing the stuff with he and Jake the Snake, and they were like doing like the vignettes in the woods, it was like Fight Club in the woods, and Lance Archer was in like the back yeah. of Georgia right. kicking the shit out of people. Like it was great, mm. and then like again, just some whatever reason, he got Wardload. He got Wardload. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he I, had I, a great match with Hangman Adam Page in one of those pandemic time pay-per-views that came mm. uh, that happening. No, he has great they, matches, but he never he never wins a match that matters. Right, exactly. Yeah. So. And he beat Moxley for um for that one title for the New Japan title that one time too. So yeah, it's very up and down, hot and cold with him. Yeah, he beat Moxley in a match that probably wasn't booked by Tony Khan. It was for the New Japan title. <laughs> it was instructed by New Japan bookers. Have him exactly. win. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What's Tony got against Lance? Lance must be must have. Hmm. Lance must have shut Twitter Twitter Tony down a time or two or something. Oh. I don't know. Did he get blocked? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Hey, any, <laughs> maybe, maybe Lance uh, doesn't swerve when he drives. Hey, any final <laughs> thoughts on Lance Archer here? He always yeah. looks great. No, he does look good. It's just again, uh, don't miss this opportunity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Grand Flash. I agree. I mean, I get that. Like, where is Jake the Snake? I never know Jake's health. Maybe Jake can't commit, so I understand mm-hmm. to that. But it, it does, that doesn't mean that. Lance has to lose his edge, and that was also right. years ago at this point. I mean, it's not like this right. like make or break thing here. Uh, okay, uh, we get Sting. They've been promoting Sting is going to address the fans. I think we all kind of had this feel. It's like, all right, well, if Sting is addressing the fans, like, there's only so many things he's going to like talk about at this point in his career. Yeah. And basically, he thanks all the opponents from the past. He runs down some names. Everybody gets cheered except for Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Runs down names of the past, and then he talks about that word retirement, and he says retirement. He says, what is for sure with Stinger is retirement is in Revolution 2024, Revolution being the uh, 
AEW pay-per-view that he made his first in-ring debut match uh, for in twenty in two thousand twenty-one, I believe. Yes, and that's and that usually falls in March. So we're kind. Of, they haven't gave us a date. They haven't gave us a location. I think a location is probably key. Mm-hmm. Of Sting to t- decide, you know, I think there's maybe something here. I don't know, but that, mm-hmm. we don't know the date or location. At least I don't. If somebody else credibly does, put it in the chat. But uh, so retirement 2024. Um, real quick before we, well, actually, I guess we'll we'll stick with it right now because we're gonna see Sting again in a few minutes. But it's kind of separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy, when I say Sting's having his retirement match, and look, by the time March comes, he's gonna be like, I think it's gonna be like 65. Right. I think he turns 65 next March. So mm-hmm. this, this this probably is the exact retirement, the, the final retirement. Right. Uh, and yeah. What's what's who's an opponent that comes to mind? What's 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 worthy? Here? See, that's the question. The, the, who does he go out against? And, you know, he named some people in the past that he worked with or learned from, like the, you mentioned, the Dusties and the Hulks and all those people. And trying to figure out when he when he announced that, you know, uh, Revolution 2024 is going to be his last match, as he said for sure. Yeah. Then I started thinking about what names are out there that he could possibly work with, and then it comes back to that old name. Do do you bring back someone like a Goldberg? Is, but but what's the history with those two? No. Do you know what I mean? It's got to be somebody he's had a history with, and I'm trying to think of who would that be that perfect. Opponent. I don't think. I mean, Darby Allen has history with an AEW on being on the same side. I don't think there's anybody in Sting's like true true hit. Hogan can't go. Luger, it's gotta be Darby, you guys. Luger, yeah, Luger King. I mean, yeah. It's, I it, mean, Ric Flair had a match two years ago and looked like he's gonna die. I, I mean, I, I don't think we can. I mean, but I don't. I don't necessarily pass it up that they don't try to dog and pony show. Don't do that. I've also that event. I've never been so yeah. comfortable. But I know. Or, I know or, or is it a singles match? Or right. do we see him in a team situation with Darby and people against? But that seems like that would happen. Well, we're going to talk about in a second. That seems like that would happen like next month because right. we're at Darby and Christian and Nick Cage and all this stuff. But but like the old school mentality too, and and I guess Sting had maybe that old school mentality is on your way out when you're saying goodbye, you're elevating the next. Somebody, oh, who you? Yeah. Yes, somebody. I think it's, so. it's going to be Darby. I personally thought yeah. Darby immediately. But the one thing that I really appreciate about this is that they told us Revolution 2024, we can have a little Sting farewell tour. Give us a couple of matches that we haven't seen. Uh, but I do hope that we don't, if it's Darby, don't book it Darby just because he's, he's retiring. Like, do a feud, have Darby turn on him, something. Like, let's, let's like retire him in a bang in a good feud. But I, I automatically thought Darby Allen, like, I think Darby working with Sting has just revitalized thing like he's acting like a little kid out there doing crazy stuff with darby i think it would be cool for darby to to get that but i mean even edge talked about how that was the first time he's ever been in a ring face to face with sting so i would assume that leading up to revolution and the reason why we announced it so early is to have a farewell and give us a couple of those matches from sting that we've been wanting to see yeah i mean that's why i want a new location like is it in, is it in baltimore where, where sting had so many great Early WCW, like, is it like where is it going to be? Darby makes sense, I guess, but like, it's one thing to have Sting on Darby's side as we've had for the last couple of years. But if like Sting's fair, like, it's not like Darby's like a catch as catch can wrestler. If he, if Sting has to have a one on one farewell, farewell match with Darby, I feel like I, I fear for Sting's safety because of the way that Darby likes to work. Like, I don't know. I just, and like, yeah. Darby, like, Darby's a guy that like, I don't know. He's he said that like he's never gonna go to WWE. He's an AEW guy for life or whatever. Like he mm. doesn't plan on doing this forever. Like I, I just right. it's like it's like if you're gonna use that if you're gonna cash in that Sting equity, 
is Darby the guy to cash in on? But then again, if Sting mm-hmm. likes Darby, he wants to. If Sting says that's what he wants, yeah, he what he wants. Right. But I will mm-hmm. say what I was telling you: they booked this more and started announcing ahead of time the the Sting appearances and maybe a couple of matches. We were talking about how they're struggling to sell tickets. This will sell tickets. People will yeah. want to see Sting that's... for the last time, and that's going to help them, you know, get more people in the arenas. That's yeah. a very good point. Yeah, yeah. That's again, that's what I'm saying. City, where it's at. Baltimore, mm-hmm. he has history, but like if you especially go into the Carolinas or go into Georgia, you go into Atlanta, places, yeah, yeah, you go into where Sting was like for mm-hmm. the WCW and NWA territory. Like, yeah, that could be you could probably pull some 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 lapsed fans in. Mm-hmm. They find Absolutely. out Sting's still wrestling and they see his face paint and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, Ethan Cruz in your best Teddy Long voice, he's going one on one with the Undertaker. Oh. I don't know if that would happen in AEW. That's a that's a <laughs> tough one. Uh, I can I can. I can bet my PBJs Undertaker yeah. ain't working no AEW match. I can, mm. I can bet that. Mm. Mm. All right, so uh, we get a picture in picture while we get to watch the Gone with the Storm, Tony Storm, uh, so silent stupid film. They put this on picture in picture. Look, I know that it's a silent film. But I know. So I agree with both of you, but I have to say this, and I agree, and I know it was a ref and rant last week, and we talked about it, Jimmy, but I have to say this. I did look at social media, and I saw social media people saying, this is – this is the best picture in picture ever. They gave they they were more intrigued by watching this silent film than watching so spots in a match that they I, I, so maybe it's working to everybody else except for us. Yeah, and and to the advertisers who are paying for their big money to <laughs> advertise during the show. You're talking about, you know, uh, uh, the wrestling business and the business is predicated on selling advertising time on your television <laughs> station. And, and and if I was an advertiser paying big money to have you know, it's it's one thing to have a match going on picture in picture, but to have people's attentions being drawn to having to read what the silent picture, what they're saying, the, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's taken away from whatever the ad is. So yeah. uh, from a business standpoint, uh, it could come back to bite them. I don't know if it will. It, it, it From the logic, I, I, again, it may, you're engaged on this picture in picture, but it's, you're right. It's distraction of the advertisers. My thing too, Isa, is like, they like built up to this all week. They're like, that's just, this, this is one of the advertised things for the show. This, this thing at a lower third of graphics about the show that we have Tony Storm. And so to me, I, even if you're thinking you're being clever, if Tony Khan thinks you're being clever, but put it here, to me, it's like, well, it's a perception thing. It makes me feel like it's not as important because it doesn't get correct, you know? Correct. And I think that, first of all, we must protect Tony Storm at all costs. This is incredible the work that she's doing right now but i will say that you can't put on picture in picture read the room tony storm is over with everybody there's people everybody all the content creators podcasts everybody's just putting this gimmick over and you putting it in a picture in picture i just i just don't think it works maybe people mm-hmm. are paying attention like you said but i will i will try to feature it in the actual show yeah Sega Genesis back with some more saying pay-per-view is a month away sheeta has no story tony storm is sitting right there and the thing a lot of fans are looking forward to the most was in picture and picture again. Shake my head. Agree, Sega. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, hey, Isa. Uh, Corey Pride wants to know for two dollars. Did you enjoy the Reese's? Hey, they were okay. Mm-hmm. It was years ago. Just I okay. can't remember. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I only had them like twice in my life. Do I wash, don't... wash them down with a glass of milk? Probably a shot of rum. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> If, I, if, I, if somebody was making you like your birthday dinner, like what is your what would be a favorite dinner of food? Just buy me a slice of cheese pizza. Pizza, all right. Really? Just no. cheese. Don't put nothing on it. Just cheese. No pepperoni, no salsa, no nothing. No, just cheese. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. But all let's right. bring alcohol. 
Well, no, I got that part. We'll, we'll have the ball. <laughs> just, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a cheap, I'm a cheap date when it comes to eating. I will tell that's you a that. Given. That's a given. But I will say, like, my st- I have a stomach condition, and that has really changed the way that I eat, and I can only eat in small portions. So I'm a cheap date, but they always say, hey, you should be on a liquid diet. So mm-hmm. that's what I do. So I drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very good, very good. All right, Jim Ross talking to Nick Wayne, and Nick Wayne's mom, she's there. Nick Wayne's mom's there, and uh, he says that Christian is his new father now. She doesn't even recognize her son anymore. Christian's a new father now, better than dad ever could have been. Then he leaves to Christian. Christian tells Nick Wayne's mom he should have picked up the phone. Then they leave. Darby Allen attacks him, brouhaha in the hallway. It eventually spills back out to the arena, and then here comes Sting to try to help even the numbers a little bit here and so again i can't help but think as we go back again like we got sting we got darby but on the other side we got luchasaurus we got christian we got nick wayne does adam copeland pop up in here and make this make this trio of baby faces i don't know jimmy uh thoughts on this whole angle here uh and and, oh by the way nick Nick wayne's mom slaps him um and there's a lot lot of drama but i i thought the emotion came off pretty good i thought that was that was there yeah, it got people. Go- I think it got a lot of people going. Ooh, that was a little stiff. You know what I mean? Not the slap, but the, the some of the uh, some of the verbiage that came out of uh, Nick Wayne's, uh, uh, especially towards his mom. It, it 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 stung really hard. Let's put it that way. And as far as your point going three on three, does Adam Copeland interject himself in this uh, situation? I think uh, it only makes sense at this time for his next you know, stage in his AEW career to be a part of this and, and tease that interaction with him and, and his former or current still best friend, Christian. I mean, they could have a, 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 a six man match, a three way, you know, or whatever you call it, a, a, you know, three on three match where every time that they, they tag in together, Christian tags out. They yeah. don't have to touch once yeah. through the entire match. They did that a lot with, if you recall, with MJF and CM Punk. Remember how they had MJF team off with uh, FTR, I think, and Punk team with Sting and Darby? And every time that Punk would like tag in, MJF would like run away and whatever. They did that a lot during the feud to keep Punk and MJF away from each other, but involved in each other's storyline. So they could do right. it again. Isa uh, Darius Ruby says seriously, who the f is scared of Nick Wayne? Man, I was just gonna—I was waiting for you to to come to me because I was gonna say the camera angle that they chose to show that his mom is like three times his size did not do him any favors. Mm. I like the emotion; it felt very novella. But I'm like, all this woman has to do is just get up, and this kid would just probably mm. blow away just from the air of her getting up. He's not scary. Just put him over, put him over your knee, and spank his ass. There you go. Yes. Uh, Sega also is, let me tell you something. He's talking crap to his mom. He is no dirty Dominic Mysterio. No, that is not. That is yeah. not. Uh, Sega also had this one waiting. Uh, what should have been Nick Wayne? Did you forget that AR Fox nearly murdered me, mom? And Darby just forgave him, not for me, but for his own selfish guilt over speaking to dad. What what we got? I'm in Darby's shadow. Uh, what we got is I love this super chat. Thank you, mm-hmm. Sega, for all the super yeah. chats tonight. But I did. I do think that Nick Wayne makes sense. I don't think that Nick Wayne is all that wrong. Like Darby, mm-hmm. everybody was just talking more about Darby than Nick Wayne. The only person right. that actually noticed Nick Wayne and said, "Hey, I heard about you," was actually Christian. Right. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, and burner account. Unlike Dom, Nick can actually work. Let's not get the people that Dominic Mysterio has kept up in the ring with against what Nick Wayne has done mm-hmm. and have that conversation later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. First of all, you can keep up in the ring Uh-oh. with your dad. <laughs> I keep it up in the ring with Ray Mysterio. That alone is more impressive. Uh, Christopher said, and I do agree. Nick Wayne's mom needs to lay it in a little bit. You know, come on, you're a wrestling family, lay it in a little bit more. Linda McMahon right. slapped Shane and Stephanie harder. Oh yeah. Uh, Sega back at it, saying, "My apologies, guys. The Nick Wayne segment pissed me off, pissed off the fan of me so much. I needed to open up my feelings and have my voice heard by someone. Thank you for taking all the super chats. Ah, oh, we appreciate. Uh, no, thank, thank you, you for, for donating, it, Sega. We, appreciate- we love you. Yes. Sega, Sega making it rain tonight. Yeah. Making it rain. Bring it, brother. Yeah. Oh yeah. That should that should buy a peanut butter jelly sandwich or two. There you go. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. All right. Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal. I'm not going to list all the people, but, you know, we had, it was actually quite a lot of WWE veterans. We had Jake Hager mm-hmm. in there. We had the Hardy Boys in there. We had uh, John Dustin. Uh, yeah. Dustin Rhodes, Johnny TV. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some young talent. Of course, we had Max Castor in there. That's critical to the story. We had Juice Robinson. That's the most critical to the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had uh, Daddy Magic in there. Um, yeah, else note? Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel, thank you. Um, Trent Beretta. Commander Trent Beretta. I think we probably actually probably named everybody by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, MJF, who's on commentary, gets up. He goes to the ring and throw and uh, tosses some cash to Dustin Rhodes right. to hit what we all called it when he's goldless, the shattered dreams on Juice Robinson. Mm-hmm. Of course, Juice oh, Robinson. That was funny. Juice is, yeah, it was. Juice has called a shot. He wants to win this match and is going to uh, beat MJF for the ring next week and then he's going to go pawn that ring off. Uh, ultimately, we are going to get at some point um, Juice and Max come down. Juice and, Juice and, and Max Caster come down as the final two. Um, Jay White attacks MJF at the desk, so they fight at the stage. That distracts Caster. Juice Robinson gets the win, so Juice Robinson next week going to take on MJF uh, for that diamond ring uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, I, uh, East, I know I pitched this to you earlier. Predictable finish. Did this battle royal need to go that long? No, we didn't need an overrun either. Since the beginning of the show, they set it up that Juice was winning. Yeah. I mean, he had a couple I mean, of entertainment spots, but it was just there for, for him to win. I mean, I'll say this. I'm fine with him winning the Battle Royal. I'm yeah, fine with him, like, I am him, too. Him, him it, earning the shot, but yeah. Right. Why but it know, lasted why over. a long time, and they were like, it just felt a little pointless. We had an overrun yeah. for something that could have ended in like, Seven minutes stuff. Well, right. like cut the contestants it, in it half. Was, just well, but I wonder, Jimmy. I wonder. I wonder if the overrun was planned, or if I wonder if they got the overrun on an audible quick. Because I wonder because like Sting's thing dragged on. Sting's speech dragged on. Mm-hmm. And A again, I can on. and I can see Tony not wanting to rush Sting. He again, he, he's not right. going to like. I don't hear. I don't think he's going to radio into somebody and say, "Tell Sting to wrap it the fuck up." Yeah. So I don't know if like. <laughs> The, the pencil, the pencil in the mouth, the old school days. So I don't know yeah. if it was just like, all right, Sting went long. Let's call the network real quick. Can we get five extra minutes? Yeah, I think that's what happened. I think I think it was an audible. I think they called it on the fly, and the, the network was, uh, you know, was okay with it. But uh, like you said, this was a very simple battle royal. A lot of the eliminations were uh, fine. I mean, there's, it wasn't it wasn't a bad battle royal, but the eliminations were uh, some of them could have been a little bit more creative. Let's put it that way. You know, yeah, I mean, it, it was very, it was very, you know, well, a, a battle X's royal <laughs> for a battle royal to run over. It's the most, it's one of the most contained timing things you can do. Just mm-hmm. tell them to throw somebody out. Yep, <laughs> we're two minutes behind. These Next three need to get out. 
Next throw three out at a time. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you're going, why are we going long here? Uh, Sega, again, I think he's going to finish it off here tonight. So I guess Jeff Hardy hopped the guardrail and left the arena mid-match to go put gas in his car. I meant to come back, but I got lost along the way. That had to be the reason. Did, did, what, did he not get eliminated? Did I miss that? Or did he put... Sega, I don't... Think, I think no. Sega's talking about when he left for WWE, remember? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. All right, Sega. Oh. <laughs> All right, ah, thank you. Thank you for well, saying I pre- I, we appreciate the donation. You're starting to get because Jeff, Jeff was eliminated. If, if I'm not mistaken, remember, by Garcia. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I can. Uh, oh yeah, he was dancing. I remember yeah. that because I can't yeah. unsee it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> did, you t- did you see Tony Khan dance? I please stop. I, I hire. I paid up many black to like flash yeah. the little red lights. So yeah. Like <laughs> Tony Tony Khan only dances after he tweets. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, sorry, I had to go there. But anyway, Twitter Tony doing this as he's yes, hitting that hitting that send button. Yeah, I don't know. I muted him months ago. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> what, why would you want to see that on your timeline? I don't follow him, and he still shows up, so I muted him. <laughs> oh, it's, enter- it's entertainment. It's entertainment. All right. Well, that was uh, that was tonight's dynamite. So uh, we are, like I said, we're a month away from full gear and um, you know, questions to be had. We know who MJF's, MJF's opponent's going to be, but it's, it does not feel like it's the most worthy or interesting opponent. So mm-hmm. you know, take that for what you will. Uh, they got this whole Christian situation, and you know, does Adam Copeland? Do we? Do we got to get him part of, of the pay per view, right? You got to have his first mm-hmm. pay per view match. So again, I think he's going to jump up and be part of uh darby and sting's team and i'm and i'm sure maybe adam copeland from a fan standpoint hey he'd love to team with sting you know right. somebody's never been in the ring with mm-hmm. so all right lots of lots of digest there uh, we we talked about it uh if you got more thoughts of course you can always hit all of us up on twitter leave a comment on this podcast on whatever platform you prefer uh we will be back next week like clockwork as they're going to be in philadelphia appreciate everybody again appreciate the super chats from uh sega genesis and everybody else uh, that, that jumped in tonight really really uh is is, is 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 awesome to see you guys so invested in our conversation tonight isa ladies first give me your final thoughts and your plugs it wasn't my favorite episode of dynamite it pays weird a lot of talking a lot of predictable matches but there was a lot of really uh, some stories moved and really good in-ring work as usual. That Kenny Omega and Fletcher match was really, really good. Um, and people can find me here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, NYC Demon Diva across all socials over on YouTube. I watch all the wrestling on my YouTube channel, so you can come hang out with us. There you go. Check out that YouTube channel. Jimmy, plug it up. Nah, uh, tonight's episode was okay. Again, there are some, of course, little critiques I could make, and uh, I probably will on my ref and rants, and you'll tune into those from Monday to Wednesday. They're only a minute long. They're on all my social media platforms. Uh, and again, like I say, they're critiques not to tear it down, but to help hopefully tighten screws that I believe need tightening. And also you can catch me here on Mondays and Wednesday nights, obviously Wednesday nights with uh, the two of you, which is awesome. And it's triple J on Monday nights. I, sorry. So I know it's Jack, but uh, Hey, you know, got to give him his plug too. And Wednesdays, you can catch me and my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner uh, with our riffing it up uh, podcast. And uh, we got an interesting one this week. We got Craig Jenkins, who is a, uh, uh, behind the scenes guy at TNA back in the day. It's, and it's a lot of fun stories hearing him and uh, B-Heb reminisce. Let's put it that way. Very good. Make make the ref and rants longer. Give us a few more minutes. Uh, give us got, more, Jimmy. Give got, us more. You got that cup of coffee in front of you. Yeah. Put, 
Yeah. Have a cup of coffee with the audience. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I like keeping them at a minute and then, you know. Okay. You know, sometimes people's attention spans, or especially in the morning, are not quite, oh, I can't listen to this right now. <laughs> All right. I don't know. You got a cup of coffee. I think that you could sit and have a little, you know, fireside and, chat. See, you see what other superstars I can get blocked by. <laughs> yeah. we're all blocked by some if we're not then we're not yeah. interesting we're, then we're not interesting that's, that's, that's right. that means we're doing our job that's exactly. all exactly i love exactly. that we found out together though yeah. yes <laughs> was a bonding was a bonding moment it was a bonding yeah. moment all right uh at justin labar across the socials monday wednesday on wrestling inc friday busted open sirius xm channel 156 myself dave agreca and thunder rosa stand by Seems like Busted Open's got things going on, and I've been mm. fielding more phone calls lately for mm. some things and mm. trying to expand the Labar brand. Stay tuned. Ooh. But any which way, hit me up 24-7 at Justin Labar across the socials. Remember the rule. If you're going to be nonsense, and if you're not even going to have a picture of yourself, if I can't identify you in the crowd to call you a dumbass, you don't get a reply. So find a picture of somebody and put it on your profile before you tweet me. That's Don't be rule. an egg. That's the rule. Uh, at Justin Bark, also socials. Uh, again, like, subscribe, comment, do all the things here on this podcast. We appreciate all of you. Be good. Be happy. Be safe. Uh, don't know who's on Friday or Saturday, whatever, but I know I'll be back Monday with Jimmy and Jack. Have a good night. Thanks, everybody. Be good. Be good. Be good.